Views expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station, its management, or advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. My name is Dr. Friedman, and I'm so glad that you decided to join me. Empowerment Radio is about giving you the insights, tools, and solutions to address some of the most challenging aspects of our daily lives. So sit back, relax, and empower yourself. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Friedman. Today I want to talk about a topic that's very dear to my heart, as always, and a topic that I also try to convey and teach and help my clients with. And that topic is all about leadership. I had a client the other day tell me, why can I not always feel like I'm feeling on vacation? Whenever I'm on vacation, he said, I'm just like the leader. I make plans, I make decisions, my family is listening to me and following me. I feel empowered, I feel aware and clear on what we want and what we don't want, and I feel really good. But when I'm out of vacation, back home, I just go right back into feeling more like a follower, or at best, that's what it feels like, because more often than none, it feels like I'm stuck. Can you relate to that? Do you also sometimes feel that you're more a follower in your life than a leader? That you somehow feel like there are certain things that you have to do and have to pursue because that's the shoulds in life, rather than really being clear on what your trajectory is, what your direction is. Now, we may feel disempowered like followers, when it comes right now to the big situations in life, politics, COVID, the state of the economy, the state of the environment, we may feel like that we don't really have a lot of power to take those situations and matters in our own hands. Or maybe outside of that, you feel powerless and more like a follower when it comes to sticking with a job that pays well but is somehow sucking your light out of the soul or that you have to get a mortgage because that's what we have to do. Or you have to think about starting a family because you're already 30 or you have to start putting money into your retirement fund because you're already way behind. Do you also feel like there are a lot of shoulds that make you feel like there is a certain kind of track that everyone is on and you have to be a part of it? And you don't even ask yourself whether this is really your trail and your journey that you're pursuing. One of the things that really surprises me is that I'm getting a lot of uh, comments on my YouTube page from young people, 12, 14, 18, that are afraid of aging. Now, often they say, I don't want to look old. I don't want to look like my parents. I don't want to feel that I don't have, you know, zest and vigor anymore. I don't want to have the feeling that life gets, you know, almost to the end. So they are already afraid of that. But underneath that, there is also a fear of becoming an adult because they look at us adults and they say, mm, that's not really fun. 
you're living a lot with fear and obligations. And there is not a lot of joy. There is not a lot of sense of freedom. And so they more and more are hesitant to follow into the footsteps of their parents. And I think that is where we are portraying maybe to those younger people more a sense that we are powerless followers than really the leaders of our life. Now, being a leader, don't get me wrong, that's not something that's easy. And we can see this right now in politics where the leadership is all over the place. But there are certain things that we can look to in order to aspire to what being a leader means, which are as simple as that you are empowering, that you are empathetic, that you are communicating well, and that you are willing to gain the trust of those that you lead. Sounds all great, right? Now, when it comes to being a leader of your own life, do you feel like that you are someone who is empowering to yourself? Do you really feel empathetic to when you're struggling or to your problems or insecurities? Do you communicate well with yourself? And do you really trust yourself? Are you building trust and confidence in yourself? Now, many of you may say, huh, when I think about that, I'm actually not a very good leader. I actually let myself down. No wonder that I feel in general that I'm more like following than really owning my life. Now, being the leader of your life, what does that even mean? Well, what that means is that you make the choices that are in alignment with who you are, with your truth. Whether these are big choices on where to live, career, who to be with, or whether these are simple, small choices on what is my diet look like? How do I treat my body? What is my relationship with my family? How do I want to relate to myself? Being the leader has a sense of authenticity. And for that, it's really important that we are pursuing certain, let's say, uh, steps or keys. I like to talk about keys that really help us to take on that leadership role. Now, first of all, for many, it may be even a new concept. How can I be the leader? But if you ever have thought about, I'm not living my life the way I want to. And I'm certainly not living my life for me. This may be exactly what you need to really gently, but also powerfully take that role of that being your own authority in your life again. Well, what are those four keys or steps or skills that uh, we really need to look into? Well, the first one is awareness. We're going to come to that in a moment. The second one is that skill of inner communication, which is a really, really important one. And not a lot of people are really good at it because we are much better in communicating with others than really communicating with ourselves. The third one is reframing. Now, a lot of people have heard about reframing, but don't really know that it's something all of us can do. And in some ways, we already do but we can certainly get better at it. And uh, it's incredibly powerful to know how to reframe 
And the fourth step is building trust in yourself. So all of those skills, when you really hone them, you take on those skills as daily practices, you will become automatically the leader of your life. So let's get to it. Step number one, skill number one, awareness. Now, awareness is, of course, something that, you know, we often hear is the first step to change. It's the first step to empowerment. But what does it even mean, awareness? Do I just stare at my navel and say, well, now I'm aware of, you know, there's a little hole in my belly? Or what is awareness? Well, I find awareness is looking at the blind spots. You know, the things that we do, and somehow we just take them as, well, that's normal, right? Everyone does that, or I have been doing this for years. And we're not realizing how it is really affecting our life. I had a client the other day who told me, and she was someone who really struggled with depression, anxiety, and a general sense of feeling lost in life. So she either numbed herself out, slept a lot, dragged herself to work, tried to find somehow a relationship, love as a way to find fulfillment, and usually just crashed and burned. And what she told me after she really broke through all of these obstacles and now lives a complete different life. She became vegan. She is healthy. She is on a path of becoming a healer herself. And a lot of wonderful things have changed. But what she said was a number one thing that she realized she had not, which was awareness. She had no clue of what she was doing to herself. So just notice how you are going through life. Are you always negative? Are you always finding somehow the glass half empty or fault in things that are, you know, happening around you, in the people in your life, in yourself? Are you highly critical? Or are you always somehow expecting the worst? Or do you judge others a lot? Do you feel like you're very quick in dismissing people as, you know, they're not good, they're not trustworthy, and therefore you keep everyone at arm's length? Do you get easily worried or overwhelmed when unforeseeable circumstances happen, when something that you don't really have uh, anticipated occurs, a change, or maybe even, you know, something that you don't really like, and you feel right away that this is too much and you throw your hands up in the air and feel, I can't deal with this. In the vigilance of life, you want to observe that you're doing things on a routine basis, almost like an old program that you're running that keeps your life in a disempowered way. And disempowering things, disempowering patterns, are patterns that ultimately make us not feel that we take ownership of our life, that we are more of the followers. And so one of those disempowering things can be the judgment of others, the gossiping about others, or constantly feeling judged, constantly telling us the story that other people don't like us. A lot of people are feeling that they are stuck in the past by rehashing over and over the regrets or the unfairness or the injustice that was done to them. Many people are looking in the future as something they don't want to even enter into. So that's the pattern of just anticipating something bad happening or something just repeating itself without any hope for betterment. 
there is a feeling of, you know, just feeling without any options, without any possibilities, always telling yourself nothing's going to change. I can't really do anything and I have tried everything. And that is another pattern that you want to be aware of. Making other people bigger than yourself, feeling they know better, they have it figured out, they are more powerful. You are just a small little mouse that basically can, you know, hide out and do nothing to, uh, you know, really advance in life yourself. Maybe there is this feeling of wanting to control everything in your life, feeling not really at ease with just letting life flow, but wanting to know everything and wanting to control everything. That may be a pattern that you have or the pattern of pushing yourself very hard, always to the next goal, always to the next goal, always feeling like, you know, once you reached it, it's not enough. I have to go to that next level. These are all patterns that you want to be aware of. And once you're aware of those patterns, notice how they get you into an autopilot mode, how you have been just continuously in that uh, way of going through life without really noticing that there are alternatives. Notice that these patterns are also something that's reflected in your thoughts, or reflected in your behavior, in your emotions, in, in your relationships, in the results in your life. Be just aware, without judgment. Don't beat yourself up about this awareness step. This is just realizing I'm looking how I do life. Am I doing life in a way that is empowering, that is showing me that I own it, that I take responsibility for it, that I take really that sense of I will make the best out of it? Or am I approaching life much more in this is how it is? It is how it is. And there is nothing I can change about it. And don't even see how I more and more lose my power and lose my sense of self. I had a client the other day who told me that she cannot handle life. And that's a story that she has told herself for over 10 years. And so she tries something. She has an idea. She pursues it. But when there is the first obstacle happening, two things occur. One is that she stops immediately in the tracks telling herself, see, I knew it. And then she beats herself up. She already feels bad, but then there is a self barrage for at least two or three days on how stupid she is and how many mistakes she has made. And she wasn't even aware of what she was doing. So it wasn't the obstacle that was the problem. It's the pattern of how she was responding to the obstacle that kept her stuck for over uh, 10 years. And even though she did a lot of things that she did really well, she didn't realize how often she actually ignored those things and only focused on those that were confirming this idea that she couldn't handle life. So when you have awareness, just making some notes maybe throughout watching yourself a month or so, notice what are the beliefs behind that? How do I need to believe in order to do that? You know, not good enough, not safe. Nothing's going to change. I will always be dot, dot, dot. What are those limiting beliefs that keep you in that more powerless following role, uh, following, <laughs> following role rather than being that leader in your life? And then we're going to go a step deeper after the break, which is looking at how that translates 
in how we talk to ourselves and how we can change that. We'll be right back. Coming to you live on TransformationTalkRadio.com is the brilliance ultimatum. Time's up with Claudette Rowley. Powerful conversations, practical innovations, and transformative solutions as Claudette and her guests delve into the possibilities and what she calls reality resistance. Join the cultural revolution and annihilate obstacles. Check it out at CulturalBrilliance.com. For stimulating conversation and keys that will change your life, tune in to Dynamic Destiny with Coach Pete every first and third Wednesday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Join Pete to get clarity for your calling and practical wisdom for results. For more about Coach Pete, visit PeteCoaching.com. That's P-E-T-E Coaching.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. How to become the leader of your life. How to live a life from a place of purpose and authenticity. The first step or skill to get there is awareness. Neutral observing how you do something, in this case, life, and how that is actually in many ways limiting, holding you back, creating internal obstacles, even though Externally, the road is wide open for you. Now, a lot of this awareness has also to do with your thoughts. And then what you do with those thoughts. Yeah, I talked about in the first segment about what is really a good leader. And one of the, the characteristics of a good leader is to communicate well. Now, when you communicate, you are speaking, but also listening. And I think most of us are really terrible in both when it comes to our self. When you think about communication, notice how often you are actually in your head saying things that you wouldn't dare to say out loud. Now, I think when we are really, uh, you know, hearing those things feed back to us, you know, I had this exercise in one of my workshops where people were writing down those things that they usually tell themselves, negative things. And then they were asking people to read that back to them, their neighbors. And it felt really tense because, you know, when you're hearing someone tell you you're stupid, you're fat, you're ugly, you are not really capable of doing anything, you are useless, you are whatever. All of those things hurt when you hear them from someone else. Now, our deeper mind, the subconscious, takes it very personal, whether it comes from someone else or whether we are saying it to ourselves. So it does hurt. We just became a little bit numb to the fact that we do cause ourselves a lot of pain. So notice those things, you know, the words you're using, the inner commentary on yourself, the judgment, that is a way to lose power and certainly 
not be a good leader because if you would lead a team like that, they would quit on you after a day. The other thing is that we are internally often telling ourselves stories, right? So there is the same narrative that just repeats itself. It's a commentary on the world around us. You know, sometimes it's a story about, well, I knew that uh, my boss doesn't care about me because, you know, he hasn't even said good morning. We are ignoring that the boss may have just read the paper or some whatever document and wasn't even noticing that we were in the hallway. Or yes, of course, my spouse doesn't really love us because, you know, once again, uh, I don't know, the, the bed wasn't made when I came home. I mean, silly things like that. But there is a narrative that, again, goes back to those limiting beliefs that is really relentless going on inside of us. And that inner communication, we have to be very vigilant about because it does drain a lot of our energy. And it, it just throws a dark shadow on our life. See, reality, and I will talk about this more in reframing, reality exists in millions of different versions. My reality and your reality are completely different. And even if we would live parallel lives, you would still see through your eyes, your reality and my reality as two very, very different versions. And that has to do with those filters in our subconscious mind that are simply changing how we are perceiving things. And those filters have a lot to do with our inner stories and those things that we tell ourselves. And that is also in regards to words we are using. Now, I often hear from clients, which is really, really amazing, the most creative, almost poetic things when they talk about how miserable their life is. It's almost like they can write books about their, you know, unluck in life, their, their traumas, their, their incapabilities, and so on. So they really find ways to, in, in very, uh, very creative details, to describe why they should and why they have felt this way. But when it comes to changing the story and maybe boosting themselves or looking at the good things in their life, the words are very short, like good, okay, not bad. And there is not really the same flowery description as for the negative. It's almost like that a lot of us are more invested in those self-destructive ways of thinking than in you know, committing to more self-creative ways of thinking, feeling, and being. And that's something we have to change. That is where we can very quickly make a difference by noticing, I don't want to tell myself the same story. I want to be more open for another possibility, which is where reframing comes in. Or when you are noticing that you're constantly using very harsh words, you know, like words that I feel exhausted, I feel depressed, I feel I don't want to do this anymore. Well, that sounds really, really desperate. And of course, as you're saying it, it just reinforces the feeling. But if you're saying I'm a little tired or I'm feeling a little, you know, just down today or maybe more contemplative, 
Well, choose words that are just toning the intensity of the experience and the intensity of the feeling down. Makes a huge difference. Just choosing how you want to describe something. I often talk about the shoulds and the have tos and the musts. Those are words we need to replace need, with I can, I want, I desire, I choose. All of those words are way more empowering than those words that ultimately make you feel trapped and powerless. And then those generalization words of always, I always fail, I never have uh, you know, what I want, I, uh, you know, everybody thinks the same about me, all the people have shown me that, dot, dot, dot. See, the generalizations are also one of those big traps, these big power traps, where our inner communication ultimately works against us and just reinforces old limiting beliefs that we have been stuck in. So just be mindful. Be really aware of how do I talk to myself? What are the stories? What are the words I'm using? How do I describe the world? And just by changing that description, does the world look a little bit more bright and has a little bit more possibility? Now, that's the talking, you know? But then there is also the listening, which is even worse for many of us. Do you really listen to yourself? You know, there are these spontaneous thoughts, you know, these subconscious ideas that are bubbling up from the depths from within. And often we are either just ignoring those thoughts because we don't like them, or we just let those thoughts rummage in our mind because somehow we are buying into them. Or we get really mad at ourselves that we even dare to have those thoughts. Let's say it's a worry thought or it's an anxiety thought. We don't like it. And then we are responding with anger and frustration. But where is the empathy? Where is that sense of, oh, there is a part of me that's right now concerned. There's a part of me that feels really small. Or maybe a part of me just feels a little hopeless or not very motivated. Can we have that leadership role and attend with empathy to whatever part of us right now feels this way and try to do a little inner communication of saying, you know, don't worry about it. We can do this and here's how. Or you don't have to right now do everything at once. I know you feel overwhelmed. Let's just take it one step at a time. Just being like a, an adult leader who would somehow comfort and at the same time nudge uh, a person that you lead, maybe a family member, a child, a, a colleague above or beyond that obstacle that they see, that worry that holds them back. Listening is really an important skill and I feel like we, we don't do it enough. Same thing with our body. We don't listen to our body. You know, we do eat the hot sauce, even though at night we have indigestion. We always eat too much, even though half an hour before our last bite, we already were full. We drink too much. We don't sleep enough. We don't give ourselves the rest, all the mental rest we need, even though our head is turning or we get more and more agitated the longer we are watching TV or surfing on the net. There are a lot of things that tries there are a lot of aspects of us that try to talk to us that try to communicate with us not getting through 
somehow we are not listening. So when we are meditating, you know, the idea is that we just shut our mind off and then somehow, you know, watch the thoughts floating away, all this good stuff, but use the stillness of meditation also to be just more aware of what is communicating with you, whether it's your thoughts, your emotions, your body, just use that also as a part of your inner communication, have your mind open, have your heart open to whatever wants to talk with you, whatever wants to get your attention. That's another way of being a good leader. We'll be right back. Living Lighter Radio with Jason and Patricia. We have an ecosystem approach to your life. Tune in weekly every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio as we, Jason and Patricia, discuss what's truly holding you back. We offer you the tools you need to reach your goals and at the same time be living lighter. For more information about Living Lighter, visit www.livinglighter.org. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. How to be the leader of your life? Well, you first of all pay attention. You have awareness on what you do, how you get yourself stuck, how you lose your power, how you don't get your results. Or maybe you are aware of how you are following the, the wrong track and it's not really who you are, what you're doing, and you wonder why you have always felt so down or anxious or somehow yeah maybe lost in life just have an awareness and awareness again is like a map creating the map here's where i am that's the territory then you are going inside and listening paying attention to how you speak to yourself the narratives the stories that you tell yourself the assumptions that you're making that often are just not true and you still don't learn from many, many examples where you assumed this is how it is, it turned out to be different, and the next time you still do the same assumption. So that holding on to assumptions, another way of not being the leader in your life because it makes you feel disempowered or small, and listening to yourself with empathy, with a desire to get all of you in alignment, to get all of you on board, is another important aspect of being a leader in your life. Now, the third skill is reframing. Now, personally, I love reframing. And it's very simple. Why? Because I believe, as I said before, that reality doesn't exist. Reality is just an interpretation, an interpretation of us. And when you use reframing, it's not just an interpretation. 
it's actually a choice. We are not able to control or change all the circumstances we're in or the people, not even the people we are living with. I wish I could, but we can't. But what we can do is to see them in a perspective that makes us feel the best, maybe the most at peace, the most empowered, the most motivated to do something different so that the situation may improve. Whatever it is, our opportunity and in many ways our responsibility is to be the creators of our reality and by reframing we have a tool that just allows us to do that now reframing is not fooling yourself reframing is not saying well you know this is a bad situation but uh, you know it's really really good everything's going to be fine i know it and in the end, you know, deep inside, you know, it's not true. It's not true when, you know, maybe your mother has terminal cancer and you tell yourself, oh, no, she's going to be okay. Well, that is denial. That is not really facing the facts. But reframing is using what you have and simply turning it into an opportunity, asking yourself what you can do with this to grow or to just in the moment see it in a more holistic or in a more empowering way. You know, for example, simply, you get a cold and, you know, you have a choice to be in bed and moan and whine or to tell yourself, well, my body obviously says I need some rest and I have pushed myself very hard and that was a way for my body to slow me down. In the future, I will give myself more time off and I will do a better job to replenish myself so that I don't have to go into you know, getting ill with a cold. Or let's say, for example, you're stuck in traffic. Maybe life tells you you have to slow down. Maybe life tells you, hey, this is your chance to call your sister that you haven't talked to in a long time. Maybe life tells you, hey, I can actually do this breathing exercise that I heard about, five seconds inhaling, five seconds exhaling. It really gets me into an equilibrium. Cool, I'll try that. That is reframing using what is to your benefit. Or your friend stood you up, and rather than feeling rejected by them and making up a story of why they don't like you, you wonder if they have forgotten or if they're okay. And you reach out with you know, real concern or empathy and, and find out that they really have just lost their phone and couldn't call you. Whatever those things are, try to take the reframing in a way that you feel empowered in a way that you feel good. You know, the whole COVID situation for many was a huge opportunity to reframe. They had to really see that what happened, either as this is a pandemic that potentially can kill us and everyone we care about, oh my God, or wow, this is an opportunity to stay at home in the time of the quarantine and really get closer with the family have maybe conversations we usually don't have, be more involved with the kids, or get closer to yourself. Learn to not always run around and be busy and distract yourself, but really sit with yourself, face yourself. And then, like I said before, do some inner listening and some inner talking with yourself. For many people, that has been actually a very fulfilling experience with all the hardship, of course, you know, that we all know about that is not diminishing the pain but it's 
also seeing that in all of that, there was something in there that helped people to grow or help people to maybe discover things about themselves or their life that they hadn't known about, that they hadn't paid attention to before. So reframing is a practice. It's almost like a muscle that you want to use every day. You want to stretch with a creative mind the way you're seeing life. You know, at the beginning I talked about awareness. Now you know how you have a limiting awareness. Now you can turn it around and you frame it in a way that actually feels much more open and much more confident building. You know, sometimes clients cancel on me because, you know, something came up or they got sick or whatever. And in the past, I felt frustrated. And then I realized, no, this is awesome. I really enjoy it because now I have two hours more to write on my book or to write on my blog. And it really gave me somehow an extra time that I otherwise wouldn't have. And I enjoy it. Or some people feel like, you know, that uh, they have been victimized by the past. And again, that is the awareness they have gained that their story is, I always gonna feel like I'm a victim of others or my circumstances. And then they realize, yes, that's a reframing. Yeah, I have been victimized. I was maybe neglected or abused when I was little or maybe even as an adult, but it didn't break me. The victimization that I occurred didn't make me a person who is now victimizing others or feels completely broken and not able to move on. I'm still here, I'm still moving forward, and I'm still aiming for a better life and more power. So my spirit was not diminished. I'm not defined by what happened. I'm actually defined now, but I want to, but by what I do with what happened. And that's again just a way to reframe. So in a nutshell, when you want to reframe, you're just going to ask yourself two questions. You're in a situation that you say, I have to get a different perspective on that. So you tell yourself, how can I use or turn this situation into an advantage or into uh, an opportunity? You know, lots of my clients come with me come to me uh, with uh, anxiety and panic attacks that they have been struggling with. And, uh, and of course, it feels horrible. And they really, you know, feel like, uh, I don't know, this is probably the, the worst time in my life to wake up with this, you know, grip of anxiety on my, on my chest. And, and when we do reframing, they realize this is my wake-up call. This is my chance to make me realize that I need to make a course correction, that I wasn't really living my truth, that I didn't even know who I am. And because I have been living so outside of myself, the anxiety just told me, stop, pay attention to yourself. And the anxiety was like, uh, you know, that one, the catalyst for change, the one that woke them up. That is something where you, you know, let's say you lose a job and you feel like, you know, how does this serve me? How can this be an advantage? Well, maybe it is about, uh, you know, finding a better uh, opportunity or going and getting uh, another, uh, you know, education that you can add on to what you have been doing or maybe becoming self-employed or following your heart. There are plenty of things that don't necessarily make it immediately better. You know, I'm not saying you have the magic wand with reframing, but you are seeing that there 
is another way. There is a door, there is a possibility, and it gets you out of that feeling so, you know, so paralyzed by the situation you're in. Your energy, your power, your force goes towards something else. And, and that in itself is, you know, setting up your for greater success and uh, much easier change. And the other question you can ask yourself is how you can see the situation already in a more positive light. So where you are seeing that you can actually, uh, you know, see the situation as something that just by shifting your perspective, it changes completely. So people have often physical issues, you know, like back pain or chronic inflammation and, and just seeing it not as, oh, my body betrays me or there is something wrong with me. Just seeing it as more metaphorically, oh, I feel backstabbed or I feel like I cannot digest something or I feel like I have the weight of the world on my back. All of those things can then turn it around into something from now you can see, well, what do I need to change to not feel this way? And why do I feel this way in the first place? So the goal of reframing is to get you moving, to get your energy moving, to feel like you are shifting from being this passenger of what happens to you to being the driver who chooses which direction you want to go. It's very powerful and it's also a lot of fun. So try it out. And uh, you can always send me some questions about this because it's a little bit of a hobby of mine helping people to reframe. So if you want to uh, send me something where you feel like, I have no idea how to reframe that, hello at drfriedman.com. I'm happy to hear from you about that. We'll be right back with the fourth skill to becoming the leader of your life, which is gaining trust in yourself. Stay tuned. Disease, one of the most dreaded words in our vocabulary. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Did you know traditionally we have viewed disease as a degenerative process? Disease is better understood when we view it as disease in the human body. Disease means without ease. Health is not merely the absence of disease, it's when every part of the body works together effortlessly, relaxed and at ease. It's that relaxed state that lets energy flow in waves through and around the entire body. Every organ has an electrical charge. And when overcharged or undercharged, disease occurs. And it is an effort to go through our day. We are able to determine the exact disease of the body and design a specific solution to correct the nutritional imbalance. Contact us at 888-777-4232. That's 888-777-4232. And visit us at maryjanemack.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. The topic is being the leader in your life. And that four skill to have is trust. You know, one of the things that I find really defines a good leader is that, that you can trust that leader, that you have a feeling of, well, this person has my back. I can really 
rely that this leader is coming through for me and maybe also rely on whatever the person says is the truth. Now, this is the problem right now with the leadership, especially in our country, that we don't really know anymore who to trust and you know, what to believe in. And so all that just undermines our belief in that leadership that's right now existing and uh, makes us question, you know, is a good leader uh, really someone who speaks the truth or is a good leader just someone who you know, demands loyalty and demands one to follow? And that's not good leadership. And so don't do this to yourself. Be the one that really says, I am the leader of my life because I am trustworthy and I have my back and I really am aware of myself. I listen to myself. I talk to myself with empathy and compassion. And I also am choosing how I want to see reality and which path I want to follow. Of all those possibilities out there and all of those things together will make me a good leader if and that's the if, if I can also really trust myself. And this is really hard sometimes. And it's hard because what most people don't realize is how often they are undermining their trust in themselves. You know, I talk sometimes about how we are making promises to ourselves that we don't keep. You know, like tomorrow I'm going to, uh, you know, work out for half an hour. And from then I'm going to do this every other day. Well, you skip one day, you feel like you already failed and then you don't do it at all. So this real, you know, gung ho, I'm going to do it. Just poof is gone. And that's in some ways lying to yourself, letting yourself down. Or you may make, you know, these uh, big lofty goals. I'm going to lose 50 pounds or I'm going to definitely, you know, become now a, um, you know, a person who is very socially active and uh, meets new friends and, and something inside of you holds you back. You are giving in and you're giving up. That does not really build trust. For those of you that are, you know, self-proclaimed procrastinators, you know how your words of I'm going to do it tomorrow doesn't really have any weight because you know tomorrow could be the busiest day of the year, but ultimately you still will procrastinate another day and make it another tomorrow and it's never going to get done. So all of those things, you know, you're not really as Don Miguel Gruz in his four agreements says, you're not impeccable with your word. All of that is undermining your self-trust. And so to build self-trust, you really have to make a change. First of all, you have to not make promises or goals that you cannot keep. You know, really say not something that you feel like you should be doing. I should be already, you know, in the gym three times a week, or I should already way less or I should already, you know, have a much bigger circle of friends or whatever those things are that you're, you know, promising yourself that you're not keeping or I should already have, uh, you know, decluttered my house. No, just really start with a small attainable goal that is then building your confidence that you can actually stay true to what you say you're going to do. Make yourself someone who is succeeding in what you say, even if it's a very small step, 
but one little step of success leads to another step of success so that that becomes your foundation of trust and that that helps you then to get uh, you know that that sense of confidence what i say actually matters and is the truth that you have been missing and that is also true with others you know if you are noticing that you are lying to others that you're actually making excuses to others that you're bending the truth or you're avoiding conflict by not really saying what happened well as i said your subconscious takes it all personally and so once again you are not seen as a trustworthy person you're seen as someone who ultimately is a liar and whether you do it to yourself or to others it is just not really building that leadership confidence inside of you that you need and another one is you know that you may feel also that uh, you know you are damaging yourself in ways that you know you shouldn't you know how many times are we saying that you know overeating or taking drugs or you know binge watching is not good for us and we know it you know the inner communication even tells us when we listen that feels bad that numbs you out that makes you feel sluggish and and somehow drained of your life force still going to do it still somehow ignore that voice and again that brings you back to inner communication it also undermines that trust in yourself so really notice how you lose trust and then just by doing the opposite step by step smallly small in small ways build that trust in yourself now i talked yesterday to a client who was really fascinating he told me that uh, he has this typical pattern of stop and go it's like going full on having big goals telling himself this is what he needs to reach and in this case it was a health goal losing 50 pounds eating well meditating you know really taking care of himself and somehow after a week or two he realizes i'm still not there i used to look really good i was a handsome dude and now look at me and whoosh, like a house of cards all deflates doesn't follow through stops completely and then usually he goes into the opposite he actually hurts himself more by maybe over drinking overeating not working out at all anymore stressing out more then usually he ends up in some kind of an emergency room because he has huge uh, blood pressure problems or is pre-diabetic then he has his wake-up call he gets gung-ho again wants to start all over and the cycle continues and and what we talked about really really opened his eyes he said he never ever has thought about this this way which is that goals really are the way he sets them more self-limiting and self-destructive than self-motivating that actually goals are the wrong way to pursue life because when you're pursuing goals it's, this is my reason to be you actually have always this little carrot dangling in front of you that you somehow feel like you have to chase it the holy grail that you have to find and you completely lose yourself in the goal because you don't reach the goal so you're nothing you're worthless because you're not there yet and others are there you cannot compete you define yourself by the goals you cannot reach and even if you reach them then you want the next goal because you know goals are kind of perpetuating in 
they're gross. They always want more. They always want higher. So forget about goals for a moment, okay? I know we all told we should pursue goals, but let's just put this aside and change it into your identity. What I told him is take on the leadership in your life when it comes to your health. Have the identity of a healthy person. Tell yourself, I'm a health person, and he is a healthcare professional, so he is actually a person who focuses on health. But be in your mindset a person who is living, breathing, and feeling health. And that way, with that identity, you will really take on patterns and thoughts and emotions that are simply expressing this identity. Define what that leadership when it comes to health would look like. Tell yourself, I am a person who is living, breathing, eating health. I'm a health person. And then just like, you know, Superman would take on the cape, you are taking on that persona. And all those goals will be reached automatically. They are no longer that destination to go to because you already arrived by taking on that leadership, by being that person that is owning your health. And it's no longer a only when I'm there, I am actually feeling good enough about myself. You already are able to feel good enough about yourself because you have taken on that ownership. And now it's about being responsible for that, consistent with that, and really anchoring yourself into that new identity. And just as he anchors himself in this identity of being the leader uh, of his health, you can anchor yourself into the identity of I'm the leader in my life. And you may choose first to focus on an aspect, leader like he and his health, or the leader in my career, or the leader in my family, or the leader in you know, my spiritual development. You, know, you can take leadership in, in smaller steps, but you can also say then overall, I live my life for me, I live my life in the most authentic way. I live my life with joy and purpose in this way. When I'm the leader of my life, I can actually be of greatest service to others because I come from the fullest self, from that most whole way of being with access to all my gifts and resources. And I'm not that down-drained, powerless version of myself that just wants to go through the motions and hopes at some point something gonna change for me. I hope that helps you. Again, it's a lot. <laughs> you may wanna rewatch it again on YouTube. Usually the shows are back on after a week or two, so you can watch it in the archives there. Again, if you have any reframing problems, just go to hello at drfriedman.com, send me an email. And if you just wanna find out more about what I'm doing, how I'm helping to get empowered, unstuck, overcome their fears and anxiety, visit my website, drfriedman.com. So nice to have you tune in. Thank you very much. And I will be back for the next Empowerment Radio with another fascinating guest. Take care, bye. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedman Schaub. Join Dr. Friedman every first and third Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. To learn more about how Dr. Friedman's personal breakthrough program can help you overcome fear, anxiety, and low self-esteem, 
visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. 